Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's May 22nd, 2023. Welcome to The Quadcast. Let's dive in. First up, give it a try. Does trimodality therapy for muscle-invasive bladder cancer result in outcomes that are comparable to radical cystectomy? There are no randomized trials directly comparing radical cystectomy and trimodality bladder preservation therapy, meaning TURBT and chemoradiation. Beyond the idea of giving patients treatment options, there is concern that many patients who aren't radical cystectomy candidates still don't receive trimodality therapy due to the strong opinions about and limited data on the topic. This retrospective study assembled a cohort of 722 patients with muscle-invasive urothelial carcinoma treated at three academic centers in the U.S. and Canada. Patients were deemed to have been good candidates for either radical cystectomy or trimodality therapy, and the surgery patients represented 29% of all radical cystectomy patients performed at the three institutions over the study period. They had unifocal disease measuring less than 7 centimeters, no extensive in situ disease, and at most utilateral hydronephrosis. The authors used two methods to balance treatment groups, propensity score matching, and inverse probability treatment weighting. After matching, There were no differences between radical cystectomy and trimodality therapy in five-year metastasis-free survival at 74% in each group, cancer-specific survival, 83 versus 85%, or disease-free survival at 76% in both groups. And this was using either statistical method. Overall survival at five years actually favored trimodality therapy, 77 versus 72%. The authors stress that careful selection of patients for trimodality therapy at their institutions, thorough urology surveillance after treatment, and willingness to perform salvage cystectomy, which was done for 13% of trimodality patients, is necessary to achieve these outcomes. The bottom line is, in this large, multi-center matched analysis, Survival outcomes for patients with trimodality therapy appear comparable to those who had radical cystectomy. Thanks to Zlata, Lancet Oncology, 2023. Up second, a central concern. Hemorrhage is a major concern when considering lung SBRT or lung SABR in the setting of VEGF inhibitors such as bevacizumab. This study took a look at 690 patients with over 800 lung tumors treated with SABR, and they identified 44 patients with 52 tumors who received a VEGF inhibitor at the time of SABR. About a third of patients received the VEGF inhibitor before, about a third after, and about a third before and after SABR. Most targets were lung metastases at 60%, and the rest were either a primary tumor or a primary and METS. The majority of tumors were peripherally located, 11% had central tumors not abutting the trachea or proximal bronchial tree, 
and about 12% had ultracentral tumors. The median BED-10 was 100 gray. 50% of patients were treated with a four-fraction regimen, and another 29% were treated with a single fraction. In the overall cohort, the rate of grade 3 plus pulmonary hemorrhage was 3% at 3 years. The rate of grade 3 plus pulmonary hemorrhage was significantly higher in patients treated with a VEGF inhibitor, 8% versus 0.6%. While VEGF inhibitor use increased the rate of grade 3 plus hemorrhage for those with peripheral tumors, the increase was most notable for those with central tumors, 19 versus 3%, and especially ultracentral tumors, 45 versus 9%. The authors also performed a propensity-matched analysis with patients who received VEGF inhibition alone, and they found that the combination of SABR and VEGF inhibitor use had a higher cumulative risk of grade 3 plus pulmonary hemorrhage than VEGF inhibitor use alone, 9.6 versus 1.3%. The bottom line is, this study found that the combination of VEGF inhibitor use and lung SABR increases the risk of grade 3 plus pulmonary hemorrhage. The absolute risk is relatively low with peripheral lesions, but significant caution should be exercised with central and ultracentral tumors where the risk could exceed 20%. Thanks to Lau. Journal of Thoracic Oncology, 2023. Up next, quality outcomes. The Dutch Watch and Wait Registry includes almost 300 patients with a complete or near-complete clinical response following chemoradiation for localized rectal cancer. In the first 24 months, 86% did not require total mesorectal excision and 80% not even a local excision. The quality of life analysis reports little variation in generally good quality of life over this time period. Of note, there was an apparent decrease in female reported sexual health during follow-up. Importantly, those who ultimately required total mesorectal excision reported significantly worse quality of life on several subscales, underscoring the inherent value of achieving long-term organ preservation. Thanks to Custer's, JAMA Surgery, 2023. Up next, Deep Dive. Here is an economic analysis using Medicare database information to describe trends in radiation oncology reimbursement at freestanding clinics over the past decade. Specifically, it looked at reimbursements for 16 common head and neck breast, prostate, lung, and palliative radiation courses. To no surprise, from 2010 to 2020, the inflation-adjusted average reimbursement notably decreased for all 16 analyzed courses. The most jaw-dropping was IMRT courses that saw an approximate 39% decrease in reimbursement over this decade alone. Thanks to Hogan. Practical Radiation Oncology, 2023. Finally, Lysis Advices. This case report 
details an occurrence of life-threatening tumor lysis syndrome occurring after a single fraction of palliative quad-shot radiation for diffuse large B-cell lymphoma in a 26-year-old female, serving as a reminder to monitor biomarkers such as phosphorus and uric acid daily during treatment for patients at high risk. Thanks to Newbury, Advances in Radiation Oncology, 2023. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.